Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. While Shan Horn has been in business for more than two decades and during that time she has helped and supported business owners throughout Ireland. During the pandemic, Shan founded the club which supports other women in business and she joins us now to tell us more. Shan, we'll be discussing the club but first, you were born in Swansea and raised in London so what brought you to Ireland? I came over working for a large corporate called David Lloyd and um, I came over to launch their business in Dublin, spent 10 years in Dublin with them. Um, but in 2008, actually part of my remit was to um, franchise out a lot of their business. And at that time, I made the decision to actually become one of the franchisees. And from your time in the UK and Ireland, you have worked in a lot of different sectors. So perhaps you can tell us about some of your career highlights. Oh, wow. I have lots. So I, I worked, I started in retail and then I worked in hospitality for a long time. I suppose for me, my first highlight would have been my first managerial role, which was at 17. I've opened lots of different kinds of businesses through e-commerce, and I've done um, beauty, also hair, and then I moved back into the leisure industry. And in 2007, my business won uh, the friendliest business in Cork City. I also won Emerging Businesswoman of the Year. So there's been lots of highlights along the way, but actually I suppose the proudest moment for me is normally when someone that I'm working with does really, really well. To see other people develop is something that gives me a huge kick. And what are the key lessons that you've learned in business over the years? Don't take yourself too seriously would be number one. Don't be fear. Don't have fear of failure because actually everything you do is always a lesson. So really in the big scheme of things, you know, what really can happen, you know, what's the worst that can happen, I always say to people. I think you have to try things. You have to be flexible. You have to be able to manoeuvre into different directions. And if we haven't had a better example of that, it's been the last 15 months. The amount of women in business that I work with that have pivoted so beautifully into new directions. Now, of course, resilience is a word that we hear more and more on Business Matters. What does resilience mean to you? In the last recession, would have really stood out for me. So I had opened my second beauticians within a six-month period. I don't like to do things by half. Um, and unfortunately, my second premises was in another gym, and they were foreclosed on. So overnight, I saw the doors close on something that I'd invested maybe £100,000 in. And for the first time in my life, I actually really didn't know what I could do. Um, and I remember actually, I remember ringing a friend because I'd never claimed the doll. I'd never been and asked for help. And I just didn't know where to turn. So I remember walking into the local doll office, I suppose, and I said to them, look, you know, I've eight members of staff. I've just lost this business through no fault of my own. I actually don't know where to turn. And they were like, there's just nothing we can do for you. And I said, but the potential is that I might turn up here tomorrow with eight other people because I may have to close my business down. And they were like, yeah, we know that. And I was like, I couldn't get my head around that, that there was no help whatsoever. So I'm a solution strategist. So I just said, right, what can I do? And so I took myself out of my own business. So I went and I worked in the NCT call centre in the morning then I went and I worked from a curric and I stacked shelves in Duns in the afternoon. And then I'd go to my business at five o'clock and I'd work till 10 behind the reception. 
And I was basically earning money from two other businesses to pay my staff their wages. We came out the other side and eventually I sold my business, which during that time was a huge success. As a woman that has started many businesses, what do we need to do here in Ireland, not only to increase the number of female entrepreneurs, but also to make sure that they can achieve their business goals? Us women can be tough on ourselves, first and foremost. So we can stand and we can say, we need this, we need that, but we need to do that for each other. So there has to be more women at the top table. I know coming from, you know, I haven't worked in corporate since 2008 and it's not somewhere where I sit. But when I did, I was most of the time the only woman at that table. And it, I haven't seen much change since I left that world. Um, I think we have to make sure that we're inclusive, not just to women, but for everybody. You know, everybody should have the same opportunity and the same voice. But I do think as well, women need to kick down a few doors. You can't wait for doors to be opened. You, we have to shout the loudest. We have to step forward. We have to have the balls, I suppose, to, 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 to do that and have the confidence. And we only do that together. So I think collaboration and working together for women is so important. The power of personal brand, because yeah. I suppose traditionally from a networking perspective, the old saying was your network is your net worth. And it was about you knowing as many people as you possibly could. But that has flipped and now it's all about how many people know you. Do you know what? It's so funny because I've networked for years and I know that saying. And actually, that was the one thing that always made me feel really uncomfortable in a networking situation. I never felt it's that comparison thing again. I never felt that I dressed businessy enough or I didn't look businessy enough. Or I just never felt like I fitted in. In a lot of networks, when I'd walk into that room, I always felt a little bit uncomfortable. And so, actually, when I create the club, we don't call it a network. And the main reason is I don't want that connotation because the club is a support system. And it's just very different. It's a different feel. It's not you don't come to our club to, to get referrals and to leave with two new bookings. That's not why we get together. We get together because we all understand what it's like to work for yourself because everybody in the club actually has their own business. And unfortunately, unless you work for yourself, you really don't understand how that feels and you don't understand that sometimes it's a worry and sometimes it's amazing, but you've got no one to celebrate it with. Um, so for me... That, that network word and that net worth really became apparent to me over the years. And, you know, quite often when people would shake my hand and say, what do you do? Really what they were asking was how much what I, was I worth? And I, and I really hated that. So I really wanted to create something very, very different. What is the club and how does it differ from the other networking groups that are available to female entrepreneurs? Absolutely. So the first thing is it's not a network. <laughs> Um, I decided I just wanted to get rid of that word because I'd be, I, I, and I'm still a member of a few networks in, in Ireland and the UK. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, I just, for me, a network was people would, you'd go in, you'd be shaking hands, people would ask for referrals, and it was just quite high pressured. And also, the networks that I were in, was in, I should say, it was a mix. So it was a mix of women that worked for large corporates, it was a mix of women that worked for themselves, and some solopreneurs. 
And what I was finding was you can't be everything to everybody. So when my business shut last March, I was at a loss and I was like, I just don't know what to do. And I decided that I'd start going live every morning at 11 o'clock on Instagram. And basically, I was inviting different businesses on every day, interviewing them, asking how they were getting on, seeing how we could help each other. And I started noticing the same kind of people were coming on and watching every day. And then I started noticing after four or five weeks, they started talking to each other and they'd never met, but they'd be like, oh, are you back on today? And I was like, oh, there's a really real community building here. Um, and I gave my time for free during last summer to any women in business that needed help. And I spent some time coaching and mentoring other women, decided to go back to college and do my coaching qualifications as well. And then they started saying to me, these same women started saying, Sean, you really need to monetize this. We want more from you. And I was like, what about if we, we designed a club? But you, you lot will lead it. You, like, you'll, you'll decide what happens in the club, but I'll run it. I'll be the bus driver. And they were like, brilliant. So I'll be honest, we launched the club at the beginning of December. I thought there'd be like 15 of us. But we launched with 45 women. And the first thing we did was like, we said, like, what do you want to learn? And the first thing that came up was like, you know, we feel uncomfortable with the conversation of money. We want to know more about how to do our own PR. We want marketing advice, etc. So we have a different title every month and we meet twice a month. And the first uh, meeting of the month, we take a couple of the members and we deep dive into their businesses and we talk about the topic of the month with them. And then the second meeting is a workshop. So, yeah, it is different. It's all online. So we have people from all around the country, which is fabulous. And what the lovely thing is, we have a private Facebook group. And what I love most about it is that daily people will ask questions. And they're not just getting my advice. They're getting advice from 50 or 60 other women. And people that have tried things out, have been there, done it. And everybody's helping each other. And Sean, tell me about the community itself. So there's 88 members of the club. Yes. But what percentage of them are startup entrepreneurs versus established businesses? And how many of them are solopreneurs versus those that have a team around them? Okay, so it's about 50-50 solopreneurs and small SMEs. Um, we've had women that have joined that haven't even got a business. So um, a good example actually is uh, noggin.ie, a fabulous new business. She joined in December just because she was like, I'm thinking about starting a business, but I don't really know much about it. And I'm just thinking these women can teach me so much. So she joined before she started her business. Um, and then we've got other ladies like Azur Jewelry that have been in business, you know, for over a decade that are really well established. But you'll find with the older businesses, they they learn from the new startups because there's new ways of marketing, et cetera, that they may not have tried. And then the startups are learning from them and all of their mistakes. So it's a really nice sort of tennis game of information. Um, it works very, very well. And from your experience so far, what are the major needs of those female entrepreneurs that you're dealing with? For me, the biggest need for anybody that works themselves is support. Because when you work for yourself, it's, you know, the majority of the time, it's quite a lonely and uncelebrated place. So, you know, when you have some amazing achievement, you've got no one to celebrate it. You can't just stand in front of the mirror and do a little cheer. So support really is top of the list. And that's why most people love the club, because it is so like that. The second thing 
with the majority of the girls, actually, our second meeting was all about finances, knowing your finances. You know, I, I did a lot of work with companies last year just actually working out if their business was viable because they didn't understand their finances. But when you break it down and make things simple, and that's what we always do in the club, it has to be basic. We break it down from the beginning so that people can actually achieve the goal that they want to achieve. So finances always, and then marketing always, you know, that would be number three. Great. And finally, Shan, on a broader note, business owners are probably facing the biggest challenge of their lifetime. What advice do you have for them this morning and how should they be preparing for the recovery? I don't think it's a case of recovery now. You know, this, this next step for me is learning to live with COVID. So the only thing that we know that is definite, like, you know, is actually that nothing is definite. Because, so moving forward, I suppose, my biggest advice would be be flexible. Find a way for subsidiary income. If your business is working well online, don't lose that because don't think that the people that have become comfortable online are suddenly just going to go straight back to -to face-to-face because that isn't going to happen. So you need to find a way to for your business to work both online and both face to face. And I think, you know, just keep the flexibility. We don't know what is what's coming. And I think we're at the point now where as things and hopefully this is the last time we reopen, then any help that we've had from the government will probably stop at that time. So we have to make sure that the business is viable. So if you haven't already sat down and really worked out your account to see if it is or not, then now is the time to do it because you may love your business. It may be your passion, but if it isn't bringing you an income, then it's time to actually say goodbye. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Shan Horn from the club. And I'd like to thank Shan for joining us on this morning's show. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.